You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. With your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Tuesday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel. Dennis Dick, Mitch Hotch. Well, there are days uh, with no real theme, market kind of meanders, no real driver. And there are days where we know the driver pretty much from the moment we wake up. Today is one of those days. Johnson & Johnson vaccine is on pause. That's your headline of the morning. That's the headline of the day, at least for now, in markets. There are wide-ranging implications for uh, from this headline today in the market. We would talk about that there are some other things on my radar, but Johnson Johnson is going to be the lead story. It's going to be the, the first, second, and third story across the board today. That's just kind of the way the way it is, um, un- unless something else um, uh, comes out that's bigger. But for now, it, it, it's it's a story of Johnson Johnson. Uh, we, we did have a, the largest SPAC deal ever. We can get to that at some point, but I'm sure they'll cover it more on SPAC's attack. So let's get right into it here. Our guest today is John Inch, Senior Analyst for Multi-Industrials at Gordon Haskett, he will join the show at 8.35. Super excited. We're going to talk GE. We're going to talk uh, Honeywell. We're going to talk 3M. Uh, and th- this guy rode GE all the way down. He called that thing. And he turned neutral a couple months ago, finally. So we're going to ask him where he stands now on GE. That'll be at 8.35. Uh, Everyone, go ahead and smash that like button. Give us a like on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you're watching. Hit that subscribe button. Leave us a comment. We appreciate that. Also, I want to make a quick announcement. We are doing uh, more contests, more giveaways. This week, we are doing a giveaway on this show, on pre-market prep. We are giving away $75 worth of Benzinga swag. Uh I will do the contest later in the show, so you're going to have to stay tuned for that. They call that a teaser, everyone. 
So stay tuned for the for the contest later on. What's the like goal? What's the like goal for that contest? What, what are we doing today? 500 likes to get that contest started? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll do the contest, and, and it'll actually happen if we exceed 500 likes. That's a good point, Mitch. 500, 500 likes. Hit the like. Contest. And I, I will put the link, and I will give you all instructions on how to enter the contest later on in the hour let me bring up my chart here of the s&p or just of spy so you can see what's going on today we are down a lot of this activity in the last hour from the johnson johnson headline down in the s&p flat in the nasdaq down on the russell crypto is going to the moon ahead of this coinbase ipo tomorrow bitcoin's up five percent ethereum's up four percent i mean that's going to be fun tomorrow. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Dennis, how is your morning going? It's been, it's been an eventful morning for me. And I'm not even trading. I had a very costly sleep in. I will say uh, that. I checked my phone at 6 a.m. And I was like, oh, there's nothing going on. The S&P uh, features were up one point. So I'm like, okay, I'm going back to sleep. I never sleep in. I usually get up at 6 all the time. I was like, I'm going to go sleep in because there's nothing going on. I came back down at 7.05. And I looked at my computer and I was like, what happened? Just Obviously, me. first thing I do, flip on CNBC and it's just, it's right on the top of the screen, Johnson & Johnson pausing the vaccine. I'm like, oh my goodness. So immediately what I try to do is trying to get out of anything that's like casino, um, obviously re- reopening stocks, airlines, cruise lines. And this is my overnight portfolio, not adjusting my long-term portfolio, but I'm like in my overnight portfolio trying to put the stay-at-home trade on, trying to get out of the reopening trade. It was really tough because it was already after five. It was I was five minutes after the news when I got to my desk. It was already on. So if you were at your desk, there'd been an opportunity, but you know, obviously very costly sleep in for me. I had a few reopening stocks overnight. Those get hammered. I was on a couple stay-at-home stocks, so obviously I hold on to those um, because I figured those were probably going to go higher. But, I mean, this is where we are today. It's all about rotation. Um, you know, where, where we are tomorrow is going to be a different story. But what is happening this morning is a clear rotation from reopening stocks into stay-at-home plays. You can clearly see it in Zoom, up three points. Peloton, up 1.68%. Go to your cruise lines. NCLH down 4%. RCL down 3%, uh, AAL, if you want to go to the airlines, down 3.5%, Delta down, Boeing down, very clear rotation from the reopening trade to the stay-at-home trade. The question is, does that continue, or is this just a clear overreaction this morning? And, you know, what was happening, obviously, before that, you know, we've been in a, a, you know, if you look at the last three months, reopening stocks have been rallying, and stay-at-home stocks have been going down. So is this the turn? Is this something new? I mean, I guess it depends what the next headline is going to be, right? Yeah. So just to be clear on that headline, it, it actually it was a tweet. It, it was a tweet at 7.01 from the FDA saying that the FDA and the CDC are basically pausing the administration of the J&J vaccine at federally run sites. And they're recommending that states do the same, which basically means that states are going to that's that's like a recommendation in quotes it's not really a recommendation you know what i mean um but but yeah so they're pausing the administration of the vaccine because six women between the ages of 18 and 48 got rare a rare blood clot uh one to two weeks after they got the vaccine and one person died uh i should note and and the fda points this out this morning there have been nearly seven million uh doses of the j and j vaccine administered 
um, so far. I am one of those doses, quite to, uh, to be to be frank. Um, and so of those of those nearly seven million, we're talking about six six cases of severe blood clot. Um, and so they said it's an abundance of caution. And I'm sure this will be a developing story in the days and weeks to come. Yeah. But Dennis, you you noted uh, the immediate reaction, not just yeah. in Johnson Johnson, but also in in Pfizer, right? Yeah. In, in BNTX, you know, I'll, yeah. I'll pull up that chart there. In Moderna, right? Mm-hmm. All going up. Look at that Moderna. Wow. Moderna um, and Moderna and Novavax are both up seven percent and eight percent respectively. Obviously, because everybody's going to be now if Johnson Johnson pause, they're going to need more of their vaccines, so they yeah. got to pick up the slack. So these are all very obvious reaction. Obvious guy says trade this morning. Everything you would think yes would happen is happening at least one hour after the news. Now we know this market can pull the rug out from under stuff. So where we are five hours from now nobody knows i'm going to say they're going to be experts they're going to say this is going to happen this is going to happen if they call it right they got lucky because it all is going to depend on what the really the next headline is the only concern i would have is not so much six out of seven million seems like nothing i'm actually surprised that the fda would pause it this soon with only six people because six million out of six out of seven million I mean, what percentage is that? It's it's astronomically small. It's very small. It's very small. And just to put that in perspective, too, so 7 million doses uh, of J&J have been administered. There's been uh, 120 million doses administered overall, right? 120 yeah. million vaccines in the, in the U.S., in Pfizer, yeah. Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson Johnson, right? 120 million. J&J accounts for seven of those. 7 million of those 120 million. So a very small portion of the vaccinated population has gotten Johnson Johnson. Most people have gotten Moderna or, or the Pfizer uh, BNTX vaccine. And of the 7 million, we're talking about six. So you're, you're right. Uh, but, but you and I are not doctors. We no. don't know. All I know is what I read, which is that it's a, it's a pretty serious blood clot. But again, we're talking about six out of 7 million. Uh, and they're all six were women ages 18 to 48. Um, so maybe there's something genetic there. Don't know. Don't I mean, I had this conversation with my parents on the AstraZeneca in Canada, the AstraZeneca one is approved. And obviously there's been blood clots and my parents were eligible for it a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And we were having the conversation. I'm like, okay, well there's been 27 people with blood clots, but it's been administered like millions and millions of times. And most of the people with blood clots were younger population. Yep. So my parents just weighing the pros and the cons are like, well, I don't want to get COVID because if I get COVID. I might get blood clots from that as well. So weighing the pros and the cons, they decide to still get the AstraZeneca vaccine, despite 30 some people having clots. And obviously the numbers up a little bit since then. So there is still going to, you know, I, that's why I'm surprised they stopped it this soon at only six. But yeah. I mean, they're being careful and I, I can respect that. The, the concern I have for the reopening stocks is, does this change the mentality? If you have Question. a person who is an anti-vaxxer, or if you have a person that was sitting on the fence and saying, well, I don't know. Some people got sick from the AstraZeneca one. They haven't tested it that long. Do I want to get it? Don't I want to get it? Yeah. That person who is sitting on the fence just might have swung a little bit more to the no camp with this morning's news as opposed to the yes camp. And what that does is obviously if there's less people getting vaccinated or some people actually starting to refuse vaccinations for fear of getting blood clots, it slows the reopening trade down. So I think the natural reaction the market is having this morning is correct. 
I think you know, I would think logically the reopening stocks would immediately get hit. And I would think the, the stay at home stocks would catch a bit like the Zooms and the Pelotons, which is what we're seeing this morning. The question is, do, do they restart it? And then, you know, all this goes away. Is this just a blip on the radar? Do we see cases of more blood clots? And then, okay, well, now we're starting to get scared. Or in a worst case, we start seeing cases of blood clots in the other ones, and then everybody's scared. So, so there's yeah. a lot of things we don't know what's going to happen going forward. So my initial reaction to the reaction, it, you know, in Zoom and, and the airlines is it seems a little overdone. If only because, as I mentioned, Johnson Johnson has accounted for 7 million of 120 million vaccines. Okay, that is not, they're not the majority provider. At and only six people, only six right. people got right. clots. So most, most people are still getting the, I mean, your point is that if, if people just, if, uh, if the sentiment towards vaccines as yes. a whole changes, my point is that Johnson Johnson itself is not the majority player here. There's still Moderna and there's still Pfizer. And if people get that, I mean, my point is how much of an impact really is this going to have my first instinct was that you see the sell-off in the reopening stocks and the airlines and the cruise stocks and you see the rally and zoom and teledoc and whatever yeah. and my first instinct was okay i want to fade this that was my first instinct don't be early on the fade though that's yeah. what i would say is because there could be some follow-through here one thing you have to consider is the zooms and the pelotons have been beaten down i mean it's not like these sure. things are at highs they've been beaten down and they've wanted an excuse to rally sure. So they're oversold. Now you give them an excuse to rally. There could be some follow through. So if you're coming in and shorten Zoom up five. Maybe it just rolls over again. But this is, you know, not anything is good news. But Zoom benefits from this news. There's no doubt if people, if we go back to stay at home, Zoom directly benefits from this. So you're playing, you know, the odds that, okay, this is just a blip and, you know, we're going to shrug this off. We're still going back to reopening. I hope we're going back to the reopening. I want to go back to the reopening. I want to be back to normal. So, you know, it's very disappointing news, not even just from a stock market perspective, sure, but just from an overall, like, let's get the hell out of this mess we're in. So it's disappointing to see this this morning. I think it's a blip on the radar. Personally, my personal, uh, if I was offered the Johnson & Johnson vaccine today, I would take it. If I was offered it in Canada, I would go, I would leave the show right now. If they offered me at 8.30 right now, 15 minutes, I would actually drive up there and go get the Johnson & Johnson right now. That's my own personal. That's what I would do. Yeah, I mean, but there's I, some people that aren't going to do that because of this news. Hey, I mean, so, I, I got the J&J vaccine. And if you discount this tail that I'm growing, I feel fine. <laughs> I, I mean. <laughs> I feel fine, Dennis. <laughs> well, that's it. So I, I, you know, the majority of people, you know, maybe they get sick for a day, but the majority of people probably aren't going to develop blood clots from this. Yeah. So I hope that people, you know, that are sitting on the fence, maybe listen to a show and maybe still, you know, if we can influence a few people to still get the shot, I think we're better off. I, I think we're better off. But, you know, I understand if you're nervous about this, if you were nervous coming in, you're going to be more nervous after this headline this morning. Sure. So I think it does delay the great reopening trade that Kramer's been preaching for a while here now. I mean, the great reopening trade has been way overpriced too. I mean, we're talking about moves in stocks and the cruise lines that, you know, are up, you know, 50, 80, 100% in a matter of three to four months. I mean, and uh, obviously with the, the, the dilution factors, we were talking on NCLH, which is why I sold it. I mean, it's getting to a point where when you consider the dilution that these things are getting back to where they were. Yeah. So it's 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 hard to just jump in and say, okay, yeah, you know, let's just go jump in. But maybe if you're sitting 
it, it all depends on your portfolio too, right? If you're sitting with a whole bunch of stay-at-home stocks and now you get this rally and now you want to get some reopening, maybe you rebalance your portfolio to your point this morning, Spencer. Maybe you do a little bit of rebalancing. I think just staying a little bit diversified with both is a better way to play it because I don't know how it plays out. You know, if we're stuck in COVID for another two, three years because the vaccines are developing blood clots, it's a scenario. I don't think that's going to happen. But if it did, a lot of these other companies, you know, you're going to see a lot of, you know, different movement in the stocks than we're seeing today. The market is pricing in that we are imminently reopening. And that imminent reopening just got a hiccup this morning. You know, I would actually rather talk about this, the, the, the stay-at-home stocks and the reopening stocks here. Because sure. you, you, you made up a good point that, you know, they've been looking for an excuse, right? Yeah. They've been yeah. looking for a reason. So, you know, do we look back in, in two or three days and say, oh, God, that was just a classic, classic fake out um, and resume the downtrend? Maybe. Or, or and, and that's the question this morning, is this really – a pivot point. I can't imagine this is this is the pivot point. I can't imagine a headline of you know again we're talking about six cases out of seven million uh, out of 120 million dose uh, total vaccines in the here in the U.S. Um, I I can't imagine that this is what turns Peloton and Zoom and Teladoc around. I just you you said yourself you think this at most delays the reopening. Even, yeah, I don't think it stops the reopening, right, but I do believe right. it delays it to a certain extent. Right. I don't think I, I think it slows out, down a reopening. I mean, it's obvious it's going to slow down the reopening. They've paused the vaccinations, so I mean, it, it's going to slow down the reopening to a certain extent. How much is the question? And is this the opportunity now to start getting out of some of those stay-at-home stocks that are you know been way overpriced and obviously been hit, or is this the start of a new uptrend for some of them? I, I, I can't. We can't answer that question yet. I can just tell you that Zoom was $440 a month ago, and it's now $320. So it's cheap on a relative scale, not cheap on valuation, but cheap to where it was in, in, the, in the eyes of the market. So it, it's over, not, I shouldn't say cheap, it's oversold. It's been oversold. So is this a big excuse to rally? I'd say if it could get above 340 I think if it does start to rally today, it's going to struggle if I want to give you levels. 340 is huge on Zoom. That's where it got up to six days ago and then turned around off that level. So it's a big level for it. And it's getting a little bit of rally this morning. I actually would have thought they'd get more of a pop, though. So, you know, it's kind of stalled out. It popped initially in the headline. It's kind of just hanging out now. So I think a lot of traders, like even myself, don't know where to go from here. It was obvious an hour ago you were going to buy Zoom when I was sleeping. Uh, but now that it's up five bucks, it's like, oh, do I want to pay up five bucks? Is this, you know, the, or is this just another fake up, like you're saying? Yeah, I don't and I should be selling into this rally. I don't think anyone does want to pay up. I, I just like, in, to me, it would seem like we would need a much stronger headline than than this to really turn the tide in in stay at home stocks, and or, or really also in, in the reopening place. Um, it just there's so much overhead supply they, they went so far so quickly if i just zoom out on the zoom i mean we're still up huge huge from a year ago oh yeah that I, i've spent on this show saying i think zoom yeah. is eventually a hundred dollar stock again i just don't know the path that it gets there and i don't know if this gives it you know the pop up and we could see 400 again i'm not sure about that i tell you at seven o'clock i would have been buying it if i wasn't sleeping I mean, and now I probably would still be holding on to it at this point. I don't think if I was long, and I think I would be holding it at this point, maybe stopping myself out at scratch or something. But 
spot because I don't know if there's going to be follow through after 930. Remember, institutional traders, I know everybody thinks everybody's trading the pre-market. Institutions are too yeah. big. And a lot of those institutional traders don't even get to their desk till like nine o'clock. Yeah. So, I mean, literally, that is the way it is. You know, they're, they're, well, I guess maybe when, you know, when we're staying at home and we're working from home, maybe the desk a little sooner, but the commutes and stuff, know. you know, with that, it used to be. They used to be, you know, institutional traders aren't as early, up as early. They're not up at 4 a.m. trading these headlines. And it's institutional money that will move it. So, do we see follow through at 9.30 or do we see the fade? I mean, that's still to be determined. I can't, we can't answer that question. I can't even predict what's going to happen here. You could predict an hour ago that you're going to see this move from, reopening to stay at home the moves happen we have a basically a five percent move you know in the last hour because if you look at the zooms and the pelotons up one and a half to two percent and the cruise lines down three percent you can clearly see there's almost a five percent swing for your pair traders from the reopening in the in the classic reopening in the classic stay at home yeah so it's a big move already so if you're coming here now you're chasing a five percent on J headline do you want to do that is it going up 10 today or do you wait for a little pullback and then maybe strike i mean i always like wait like buying the pullback sure sure and one more thing on the vaccine front novavax is pre- uh, presenting today at a goldman sachs conference at 2 30 eastern uh so they've said I, I think there was an article overnight in reuters that there was they're dealing with uh, supply shortages they expect to have be at full capacity in uh q sometime by q3 uh if you are if you are interested in novavax and wondering where how they fit into this equation there it is up big this morning they're presenting later today so there could be a headline or two to come out of that at 2 30 eastern time uh stocks up nine percent this morning um, and, and that makes sense to me too i mean and it was oversold too novavax 300 dollars a month and a half go 175 they're oversold they're not cheap because there's none of these stocks are cheap on evaluation metrics yeah but they are oversold so there can be re- significant relief pops in here and on a headline like this it's not you know uh, unexpected what we're seeing this morning i think this is probably what i would have thought a lot of things is obvious guy says trade is on this morning you know what obviously would happen is happening i think that you got to keep an eye on a separation from peloton in those stocks because i think peloton is going to eventually separate itself um, from those plays i i honestly like peloton in the long run why? Because they changed their business from being focused on strictly let's sell this bike, let's sell this bike to becoming now a personal trainer at your home business. That's what this business is now. It's no longer just an equipment. It's a personal trainer at home stock. And this is going to be a big movement in in kind of working out because it'll before the pandemic, everyone went to gyms to try to get this personal trainer. And this was the biggest, like, I have like five friends that have degrees in this because why? Because they were making money. They were going to gyms and and people were trying to get this. Now it's at your home through the TV. I turn around, I say, what am I going to do today? And I I look at the TV and communicate with the TV on what I'm going to work out. So I think Peloton will separate itself. Zoom, I think maybe 350s, but I agree with you. It's going to be hard to get above that. I mean, it's starting to push, but... It, Competition it like is more intense for Zoom. To your point, Mitch, and it's a good point, Competition is more intense for Zoom than Peloton. We don't have imminent competition here for Peloton, where you have Microsoft Teams going hard oh, yeah. at Zoom. Oh, yeah. Like hard. And there's a, you know, a Cisco WebEx, but there's a million other ones coming. That's an easier mm-hmm. thing to create than the infrastructure for a Peloton. Like you think, okay, naturally, well, you got NLS maybe, you know, Nautilus that, you know, maybe it can compete, but they're not on the same planet as Peloton. 
So Peloton is the player. Yeah. Where Zoom has been the player, but there is a lot of players coming for Zoom. I mean, we used to use Zoom. We don't use Zoom anymore on this. So, I mean, we found that we we found something that we felt was, you know, with the, you working better for us. Yep. So, and this isn't even a, a major player, StreamYard. But, you know, it w- works great. So, you know what? That's why I, I'm, I, I'm not a fan of buying Zoom longer term. But I could possibly get talked in the Peloton, although the valuation makes me turn on my nose. Joel got it good. Let's just say that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got it good down there, too. I just sell too soon. Yeah. Yeah. I think I bought it before Joel. Me and Raz were buying that 25 bucks. No, I sold it 40 I thought it was a good trade. I used to this thing like at, right after the IPO, I think. I don't know, but Lord knows if he still has it. I don't, I don't think he does. Uh, oh, yeah. Joel was. Joel was in right from the beginning, wasn't he? From, uh, from forever. Yeah, he's, he's a big fan. He bought the Peloton and then he bought the stock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it. This is really good news for Peloton here this morning, though. So if you're coming in and shorting Peloton into this, yeah, you know, you are fighting, you know, a, a headline that is actually it's not good news for a lot of people. It is good news for Zoom and Peloton. Uh, so as I mentioned at the top, uh, we are doing a contest this week, a giveaway on PremarketPair, but I cannot start the contest until we get to 500 likes. And okay, I'll help you two, out. I just liked you. Thank you. We're at 2,000 viewers and like 200 likes. It's not going to work. Uh, I need 500 to start the contest. That's that's the number that we decided on this morning. So, oh, yeah, CPI in five minutes. Don't forget, Dennis. Uh, that, that's actually becoming a it's, it's <laughs> actually becoming a number that that I'm 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 caring about because uh, it, it's almost becoming like a uh, you know. It, it, it's self-referential. It's going to be a hot number. It's self-referential. Unless they lie to us. In, in a way. So here are the estimates for today, as if uh, you know this reflects reality in any way, shape, or form. Uh, estimate is for CPI to come in at 0.5% month over month. Uh, core CPI, which is CPI, but just without food and energy, uh, estimate for that is going to be a, two, a 0.2% increase month over month. Uh Year over year, which is probably a more fair comparison, yeah. Uh, year over year increase is going to be two and a half percent from for CPI. That, that's the estimate. That's the estimate, and core CPI, which is again without food and energy, one and a half percent. That two and a half percent number is that estimate is very interesting because that's like basically the Fed has said its CPI is going to have to be at two and a half percent for like a year for us to. For us to do anything, they right? don't want to raise rates. I mean, right. they obviously want to, and they're going to do everything in their power not to raise rates. Because one, they're they know the whole world is built on debt. It's not just the U.S. The whole entire world is built on debt. Higher rates. Imagine, just imagine what would happen if they had to raise rates. You know, right now, you know, mortgage rates in Canada, you're you know, good bar. You can get like one point seven percent. I'm not kidding you on a five year fix. Good deal. One point seven. It's a joke. Imagine if rates, so imagine if rates went from like these mortgage rates went from like 2% to 4%. Imagine they went to 6%. Then, you know, like people are losing their homes. It, 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 it literally, they, they know they can't, they have, their hands are tied. They can't raise rates substantially. Can they go up a quarter? Yeah, they could go up a quarter, but they can't go, you know, up to six, seven, eight percent not on their end. Now they can't control the long end. So the long end starts blasting off on you. There's nothing they can do about it. But, I mean, they're going to do everything in their power to keep rates low because, one, everything is inflated because of, obviously, cheap money. And they don't want the party to end. I mean, this is you know, what we've been talking about. They've been spiking the Kool-Aid for a decade. 
So they don't want to stop. They don't want to have that hangover. You know how bad that hangover is going to be from this party? This hangover is going to just crush some people. (laughs) So they don't want to have the party end. And they're going to do everything in their power to keep the party going as long as possible, even if it includes adjusting their target rates for inflation or flat out lying to us. So, I mean, this is, you know, like 2.5% seems like a joke to me year over year. When you look at lumber prices and you look at the other stuff, I, I mean, I the stuff you, we really need is up a hell of a lot more than 2.5%. I, I, I was going to ask you if you saw yesterday, there was an article in, in the journal, uh, the average used car up 13% year over year, the cost of, an, of a used car in the U.S., that is the used cars are supposed to go down in price, aren't they? <laughs> <You're over here. laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> I would say, well, and and my buddy, like I said, that bought the boat uh, for ten thousand bucks. He sold it for twenty six three years later, yeah. and now somebody the same boat. He just sent me an ad. That my buddy Jeff thirty thousand same boat. Yeah, crazy people are prices of used assets are going up. It, I know, it, I, I know when they say used, it's not comparing, <laughs> but there literally is people paying more. Like like trailers and stuff. I bought I bought a couple of trailers. Come moving. I'm probably gonna make money on this stuff. Like you, you, as long as you're not in cash, it seems like pretty much any asset under the sun, whether it's crypto, whether it's trailers, whether it's boats, uh, used cars, physical assets, base, baseball cards. Doesn't matter what yeah. it is. It, it, it's going up, right? That's the takeaway here. So we are. You gotta be a picker. Yeah, so Dennis, I, I would go a little wide. We're under- I would expect a hot number here, but again, this market, who knows? I mean, we'll, we'll see. The CPI is a BS index anyways, but let's see what they have to say. It's just becoming a fun thing to watch because, uh, you know, we all see inflation all around us, especially also not even talking about, about the semiconductor shortage and that factoring into things, but because uh, that, that's going to raise the cost of every electronic under the sun. Uh, if not, if you know, as well as delaying it. So let's see what what, what comes to this number here. Uh, as, as I said, I, I just gave you the numbers: uh, 0.5% month over month, two and a half percent is the estimate for year over year CPI. We are 10 seconds, should be 10 seconds away from the number. Let's take a look and see what comes of it. Um, this was never a number that we really paid too close attention to on the show. We do now, uh, but we do now. <laughs> we we do we do now. So all right, let's see. I'm waiting. Is it going to be like a what was it? PPI it didn't come out. Where was like late? Twenty minutes or whatever. It was like twenty minutes late. We're chopping around. Um, ba, 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 ba. where's my number? Must be out. We're really the high frequency traders are trading on it because <laughs> yeah. we're chopping around quite a bit. Well, um, one thing that's going to be interesting is I was looking at this kind of trend channel and I was wondering what we're going to uh, rip two, out. 2.6%. Uh, so a smidge above that 2.5% number. Uh, same story with the month over month, which is 0.6%, which is above the 0.5% estimate. So a smidge higher than what they, they estimated it would be for month over month and year over year inflation uh, in regular CPI. Core CPI uh, – Again, the CPI with that, with that food and energy, core CPI month over month uh, was the same story. Just one tick above the estimate, 1%, one, uh, uh, what's that, 10 basis points. And uh, core CPI year over year, same story. Is Everything came in just a smidge, just a tick above the estimate. So if we can keep this going for a year, then maybe the Federal raise rates is what they said. 
I we definitely don't include uh, lumber prices in there. <laughs> I, I, I guess not. Two, well, it's a fraction. 2.6% year-over-year inflation. Those two-by-fours, man, they're killer. Sheet of plywood from 11 bucks to 50 bucks, But but 2.5% year-over-year. So, okay, whatever you say, CPI index. We uh, we believe you. Ha-ha. Hey, Next. That, that's the numbers, man. I warned you. Don't say I didn't warn you. All right. Uh, what else here? We're going to have John and Sean in, in, in a few minutes here. Uh, from Gordon Haskett. Let's go to. Uh, you you want to go to SPACs, Dennis? We got the yeah, largest SPAC deal. What was it? The largest SPAC ever. Oh, nice. I like Record. This. AGC, Altamuna Growth is your ticker. Let's talk about this more at 11 o'clock on SPACs. Tech. Grab is the company, which is essentially the the uh, Lyft. Uh, no, it's the Uber. It's the Uber of, uh, of of Asia. It's the largest ride hailing and food delivery company in Asia. Wow. So yeah, it, it's it's ride hailing and food delivery. So it's more Uber than it is Lyft. Um, so again, thirty nine point six billion dollar deal, uh, largest SPAC ever. Uh, the company posted like pretty ridiculous uh, year over year growth uh, uh, this year, and so they they dominate. They dominate this market in Asia. Their main market is is Indonesia, but it's based in Singapore. And this company, Gat Grab, is just they they have like. 72% of the market in 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 Indonesia. What are your thoughts on this? We'll go to our SPACs master there, Mitch. AGC, following this story? Yeah, so one of the things that I would say is this one was viewed as potentially maybe it kind of more going into re- renewable energy. But I think the company that they got is going to give them an opportunity, but it, you can see from the reaction, it was a quick sell into this pop. I think... I think there was a lot of rumors on this before. And so this is kind of more of a buy the rumor, sell the news event in my eyes. Um, I thought people were already trying to match which SPAC was going to get grab. Uh, It was already kind of mentioned that grab was going to go towards a SPAC. Um, So I think this might be a sell the news kind of thing, but we'll see if it can hold the gains today. I would love to see it hold 14 on the downside, maybe a quick downturn to about 10 o'clock, and then you see that reversal. That's kind of like what we got in MUDs. Um, if you look at MUDs, yeah. you'll see that same kind of move. It flushed out in the pre-market right before, but yeah. then uh, near the open, it, it started coming right back up. And what around 10 a.m., it ripped. What was the news on MUDs yesterday because they really blasted oh, NFT. off again. And they actually got the NFTs rolling. They got uh, baseball uh, NFTs, and yeah, then yeah. they're going to be some that are more limited than others. Some will even be as limited as only one. Um, so that's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, Muds is doing better year over year in revenue. I mean, we can all talk about collectibles, but definitely, um, you know, Muds has other things. It's not just NFTs. They have cards, collectibles that they sell on their on their page. And I think the collectibles, if they're going up in value, essentially the assets they have are going up in value. And so the company is deemed to be valued at a higher valuation. So um, I'll definitely keep an eye on MUDs. It's an NFT play. Will this be a kind of 2021 play and then maybe not for the future? That could possibly happen, but there could be some gains here to be made in 2021 in MUDs. I like I like the story here of Topps baseball cards, obviously. And, you know, Do this you? whole NFT. Do you really? I like cards. I always like collecting. I got a lot of <laughs> hockey cards. So I, but I you got you got a you don't a like brain the story here. 
I, I thought I thought cards were in the bear market since the sixties. I know, but they are not not in the last two years. Not or last year since inflation's hit everything. Inflation <laughs> has inflated baseball and hockey cards too. I, I just remember when I was collecting baseball cards as a kid, my dad would tell me, Oh, you don't even you missed the golden age, Spencer. The golden age was when I was a kid, right? The, these cards today are worth jack. They're worth nothing. Uh, <laughs> and that was twenty that was thirty almost thirty years ago, right? So I, I lost mine to a storage war, and, and let's just say <laughs> that's not what you do, guys. War. That's not what you do, guys. You lost them in your storage, but they sold off your storage. <laughs> Is this what happened? Yes, <laughs> yes, Dennis. I'm still crying no, about it. You need I'm those still crying baseball about it. cards back, Mitch. You, you don't understand. I had cards. an Ichiro game used Ichiro game used jersey, game used. Like literally a piece of his jersey on the tops oh, baseball card, and I lost it. <laughs> All right, let, let's move on here away from this and let's bring on our guest, uh, old friend of the show, John Inch, senior analyst for Multi Industrials at Gordon Haskett. John, good morning. Good morning, everyone. How are we doing today? Excellent. Uh, Excellent. Fantastic. Coronavirus is dissipating. The clouds are lifting, and it's sunny here in Pennsylvania. So. <laughs> All right. Some positivity. We're not used to that on the show. I like it. Yeah, we do. I like it. John, you are, you're a little bit more positive on, on GE of late than we're used to hearing from you. Um, sure. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's all relative, right? <laughs> I mean, no, they, the, the company at the end of the day, they got off. I won't say scot-free, but they got off darn lucky with this slap in the wrist from the SEC. They weren't, forced to go back and restate, which could have been uh, potentially very problematic for them, just given how aggressive they have been in their accounting and presentation of financials over the years. Um, you know, we all knew, GE, if you think about it, it's a leverage play on aerospace, and we all knew the aerospace industry, given the successful rollout of the vaccines, was going to begin to turn back higher. Um, yeah, we're making relative calls. It, it actually, the stock has done well short term, but the problem is today, it uh, it's very overvalued. Um, its cash is really, if you look at the cash and dissect it, only about a third of the cash that cat analysts are forecasting are coming from actual core operations. The rest is this hope that it comes from working capital. And there's just really no way to assess that. It ultimately comes to the GE Larry Culp show. They are managing the narrative. Good for them. They really, you know, they know how to play Wall Street like a like a violin. And uh, the problem is that, you know, GE, if you look at it, it's being valued at under 3% uh, free cash yield. The rest of my space is over 4%. The implication simply is that if everybody were valued at GE's valuation, all these other stocks would be going up 25%. And um, look, fundamentals in the space are really good right now. Um, we've come through this big downturn, this big recession. Uh, it was short-lived, obviously. It was self-imposed. And traditionally, industrial stocks do well just because of the cadence of future sales and profits coming out of the downturn. And, uh, you know, these companies have all done an incredible job of preserving their profits and what we call their decremental margins uh, in this downturn. I've always said American companies have core competencies in firing people. And uh, that proved to be the case again during this past uh, during the past few months, the past year. Uh, coming out of this, though, we're going to see, I think, a very strong economy. Um, both in the United States and overseas, which is important to these companies, and uh, really an animal spirits unleashed such that uh, you're going to see very strong uh, earnings growth. There are going to be some wrinkles near term. 
right? We've got uh, supply chain disruptions, semiconductor chip shortages, raw material prices are going up, but to the extent the market's going to look through that to, you know, 2022, 2023 and a future cadence of recovery that's very strong, I think there's still room to run in several of these names. There's a good, good one from the chat that I had forgotten about, uh, but the board recommended that reverse split. Or whatever happened with that? That's still coming. It's an eight for one reverse split. Okay. Um, the timing is going to be later this year. Uh, I think it's, uh, re- frankly, the company really didn't have a good response as to why they're doing it. It's kind yeah. of odd, actually. Well, where are um, they doing it? Yeah. Well, you know, the, the, the reality is at GE's peak, about 40% of its stock which is very unusual. 40% of its stock was owned by retail investors. I remember back in my Merrill Lynch days going to meetings and people asking the CEO, Jeff Immel, uh, about the refrigerator warranty. I mean, literally no joke. So it's it's been an iconic American brand for so long. And till this day, uh, I'm very confident that you know retail provides and has provided the uplift to the stock. Well, we know that retail investors don't run per share analysis, they simply look at the absolute stock price. If it's low, it must be cheap. If it's expensive, like Berkshire Hathaway, oh my God, it's expensive. Of course, that's not how it works. It doesn't matter. Um, GE reverse splitting the eight for one, the stock price is going to go up on an absolute basis. Does that drive incremental retail investors to the sidelines? And you know, based on history, you would think it would. Um, wait, 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 so that's, that's it? <laughs> that's the well, No, they said they made some comments that... Uh, you know, the reverse split would get the share price higher. And ultimately, they have 8.7 billion shares. It's very hard for them to move the needle uh, when they affect their little programs, right? So they would just like fewer shares in the market. That's what it comes down to. But there are consequences to that. You obviously then have to reverse split. And um, they made some comment that a company of their stature uh, probably has too many shares. I've actually sort of said this before that they seem to have too many shares, but you know they're not in a position to repurchase their shares possibly for a very long time. I mean, they don't even pay a dividend, so they can't really start repurchasing their shares. That's not going to make a lot of sense. Yeah, um, yeah the board I, approved I, it. I mean, somebody, somebody, somebody told them this is a good idea. One of those consultancy advisors, and they've just picked up on it. And uh, you know, there could be consequence. I certainly wouldn't. I wouldn't follow that policy. But that's you know. John, has the board approved it yet? Oh yeah, this has all gone through. It, it's sure. approved now. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so do we have a date? That, or did they come up with a date yet? When they're I think do this it, with- it's probably going to be around the timing that the um, the GCAS, the aircraft aviation deal, closes with AirCap. So that was prospectively about nine to twelve months from the announcement. So I would think by the end of 2021, uh, that's probably the timeline. So you know, you, as you start 2022, there are going to be uh, Eight times. I mean, the stock price would just go up eight times or eight fold. Yeah. Well, as, but as we saw with uh, Tesla and Apple last year, these can be trainable opportunities, as little sense as it makes. Uh, so, so ju- just to be clear, John, uh, y- you've got a hold rating on yep. on the stock. What's your price target? Eleven dollars. Eleven dollars. So okay. So, so you're 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 not you're not as bearish as you were. Uh, but a long way from positive, it uh, it seems, and, and and it seems like you know you, from what you just said, they've gotten, they survived, right? They survived the year, and that in itself is, is a victory. They survived. Um, at the end of the day, uh, the products um, are pretty good competitively, 
right? right? The problem was always that they had too much debt outstanding. And, uh, you know, with interest rates doing what they're doing, that's helped certain aspects of their debt. But they've continued to just sell off these businesses. You may recall a year ago, they sold off their biopharma business, yeah. a crown jewel, to Danaher for less than it was worth. And now they've agreed to sell their aircraft leasing business, a 50-year-old business, to Aircap, uh, which will create the world's largest lesser. But, you know, they're taking a $3 billion charge on the sale. They've owned this thing for 50 years. You would think they would be taking a big gain. That just implies that they're selling it again for less than it's worth. So I actually don't think these uh, these folks are geniuses when it comes to doing M&A and getting good prices for shareholders. But it's the lesser of all evils. They've been able to sell these businesses and pay off tens of billions of dollars of debt. And that has basically circumvented uh, the risks of bankruptcy. So there's no real liquidity issues anymore uh, at GE. Whereas a year ago, there were serious liquidity issues and concerns. Um, and now the market seems to somehow, I think, misinterpret what you've got left. I call it GE Remain Co. And that somehow these are good businesses. GE is kind of a mediocre company at the end of the day. It's gonna have too much debt uh, still compared to its peers. Um, there's a lot of pressures. It's got a very large fossil fuel footprint if you think about the products it makes. Well, between the Biden administration and everybody else trying to go green, GE doesn't really have green products. They have a very small wind business. Well, it doesn't matter that much. They don't really make any money at it and there's lots of competition. Um, you know, it's not really it's not really a well-positioned portfolio in my mind of where you necessarily want to be. Now, they start doing M&A in the future and can transform the portfolio, fine, but you're really jumping ahead, you know, several years into the future. And market just likes to do this. It's banking on Larry Culp as the CEO. It seems to think that it can, you know, extrapolate into the future and then discount all this stuff. Uh, there's a lot of I's and T's to dot and cross before you get there. And but I just think Relatively, there's just better. There's just much better picks than GE, and frankly, there have been much better picks than GE. Yeah, so, it's up a lot. That doesn't mean it's going to keep going up a lot. So let's go to one like is like Honeywell, for example. Is uh, that Honeywell uh, pretty solid, but it's also it's also not exactly on its lows. Uh, that's not a stock I would uh, be aggressively buying. Here. Okay, uh, I think it's I think it's fine. You know, I think it's fine, but. Um, uh, it's also got a lot of expectations of uh, strong rebound. Uh, the one thing Honeywell has too is a little bit of an oil optionality. So as the price of oil has gone up, a lot of Honeywell segments are uh, tied to that. But again, uh, Honeywell's been kind of the default go-to stock in this space. So the expectations are not low um, by any stretch. No, so it's it's not one I would be aggressively buying here. It's done well. It's buying company is very well managed. So what, um, what would you what would you be buying? Well, Parker Hannafin is up a lot. PH is the ticker. And uh, you say, well, who's going to buy that? Look at how much it's gone up. Uh, this company has radically transformed itself. And um, like all these things, I just want to be clear, you know, from here as a start point, don't expect these stocks to double. That just doesn't make sense. The market is efficient on a relative basis and is already discounting an expectation set of recovery. But Parker's really transformed itself from a machinery company into a premier multi-industry company. And today they're actually very focused on how they can simplify their design processes. It's an engineering company by design and how they simplify that could create for several percentage points of profit margin uplift over the coming two, three years. No one else is doing anything like it. Um, it is a bellwether of the space and a play on global economic recovery and uh, 
you know, just it, it, it screens very, very well. The other one would be Emerson. Emerson, um, there's an option alley. There's a new CEO there, Dave Farr, who has been written up uh, in business publications for a long time. I and mean, he's out as CEO. He finally retired. Uh, the new CEO, um, there's an optionality of splitting Emerson into two businesses. It's um, basically it's process business and it's uh, HVAC business. The two have nothing to do with each other. In the meantime, there's also a play on the optionality of oil and gas improving. Everyone's pretty down and out on oil and gas, but uh, you know, even if this market comes back even a little bit in North America, Emerson's going to print money. Um, you know, it's not a long term that obviously because the world's going green, but uh, still everything reverts to a mean in the short run and hydrocarbons are not going away. Certainly around the world, even if you exclude the United States, Middle East, uh, China, other, other locales are still very reliant on hydrocarbons for future growth expectations and to fuel their growth. So uh, Emerson also to us screens is kind of a winner on that basis. So, you know, there's a lot of, it's hard to get negative on this space right now, just because industrial recovery um, is already underway uh, on a big, on a pretty big basis, right? You can see all these different metrics. Uh, they're just, as I said earlier, the fly in the ointment is going to be rising raw material costs and then logistical squeezes uh, that could, you know, pressure your profitability in the short run as we roll into first quarter of 2021 earnings season. But the market's really going to look through that. A lot of the stuff should be able to be uh, smoothed over. And by the end, second half of the year, when the economy really gets kick, kicking in, Right. I can't wait to go to a restaurant and a, uh, <laughs> so, a movie theater. Uh, you know, this 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 stuff looks uh, looks like it's just really well positioned. All right. Here's uh, one more from our chat and then we'll let you go. Uh, do you have a favorite name as it relates specifically to Biden's infrastructure plan? Uh, yeah, that would be Eaton. Eaton, E-T-N is the ticker. Um, it is a 30 percent. It has 30 percent market share. It's the largest low voltage electrical equipment supplier in Canada and the United States. It's a big global company, it would compete with Schneider in Europe, um, but it also has an electric vehicle business as well. And so if you think back to the Texas uh, winter storms, it's pretty evident that a lot of the US electrical grid is, is very dilapidated. Eaton has a big footprint all over that. Um, and so it's going to benefit from that. And the other thing is of course, Biden's plan calls for raising corporate tax rates. Well, Eaton is an Irish incorporated company uh, and so it would pay higher taxes in the U.S., but it will not pay taxes as a foreign domicile company uh, based on the corporate rate rising to whatever level. It'll pay higher taxes in the U.S. if that's required, but everyone else will pay, you know, as American companies that compete overseas, higher taxes, but Eaton will not. So it kind of gets the double benefit of its favorable positioning uh, based on its electrical businesses. And then as an Irish company, it just doesn't, it's not, it's not going to have to pay higher corporate taxes the way everybody else will have to. Very nice. John Inch is a senior analyst for multi-industrials at Gordon Haskett. John, we always appreciate your time. Thanks a lot. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Have a great day. All right. Uh, I mentioned the swag giveaway. We have reached the 500-like threshold, so let's do it. There is a link that I, I've added to the description of this video on YouTube. I'm also putting it in the chat right now. There are four ways to enter the swag giveaway contest. You can follow us on Twitter. You can share it with your friends. You can uh, enter the secret code. What is the secret code? You're probably wondering. That's weird. Yeah, I want to know what the secret code is. That's weird. See, and this is the catch because I'm only going to give the code away once 
well, I'll give it away every day, but once every day, the secret code is haircut. Why? Because I need a haircut. Don't ask me. I didn't make it. Yeah, that's why. That's why. Because Dennis needs a haircut. Okay. It's bad, man. Look at it on the back here. It's crazy. Let's see. Oh, wait. I thought thought Laura cut your hair for you. Yeah. Well, she needs to do it again. (laughs) Jesus. All right. The link is in the chat. The link is in the description. Okay. Uh, Follow Benzinga. We'll We'll enter you. Share the contest. That will enter you. And the secret code will also enter you. Again, the code is haircut, like a thing that Dennis needs. That's the there we go to win $75. Yes, haircut, just like that. You know go. what else I need? More tech stocks, man. The tech stocks are ripping. They're ripping this morning. And that's an obvious trade here, too, because you, you know, we're, we're talking reopening and we're talking stay at home. We know tech has benefited tremendously in 2020 when we're in COVID. So anytime you get to reopening trade, it's going to be tech that starts to rally. Your Amazon, which we haven't even talked about this morning, uh, is up 28 points here this morning. Microsoft, in full disclosure, I'm long all these stocks, up $1.50 this morning. Apple's actually started to go up here now. It's up trading up 50 cents. So, um, you know, if you want to go to the obvious stay-at-home ones, Netflix is getting a lift here now too. You're seeing a lot of tech stocks moving up here. Money is flying out of some of those reopening what places. About, the um, tech again. What about Mr. Tesla here? Great day yesterday. Yeah. Maybe, maybe moving with, a little bit with crypto because crypto is just going to the moon right now. But Tesla was... It's a tech f- trade. People yeah. got it right there in the tech trade too. So, I mean, Tesla's benefiting from this headline as well. The chart on Tesla is starting to break trend to the upside here too. So oh, it's starting to look better here. Yeah, yeah we wanted good. it. Joel and I both said it needs to get above that 720. You're not quite there yet, but you're getting there. I mean, we're now taking out the high from four or five days ago. So that's good news for the Tesla bulls. I've been on the Tesla bear train for a while here. Gets above 720. Maybe it's a maybe there's a tradable. There is some tradable opportunities here. It's looking a lot healthier than it did a week ago. Yeah, as you said, it's breaking trend to the upside. So looking good there. This is going to be one of the many, many trades tomorrow off of the coinbase ipo right uh someone in chat just mentioned paypal that'll move with it right square will move with it all the bitcoin stocks will move with it voyager will move with it there's going to be like a at least a dozen stocks moving in tandem with coinbase tomorrow it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if coinbase immediately just becomes the bellwether the leader of the of the Bitcoin stock uh, pack, so to speak, right? J- j- or the the indicator, right? Uh, aside, aside from Bitcoin itself, right? I'm talking about just stocks, um, but it wouldn't shock me. It's going to be a massive, massive direct listing tomorrow. Do we have a projected market cap for Coinbase? I'll um, tell you, it'll be in the premium. Oh, oh yeah, it'll be in the premium. Right. <laughs> uh, we have a projected price. It's going to be somewhere around four hundred dollars, I think. Uh, wow. Yeah, let's see if it changes like the Airbnb IPO. Remember the Airbnb IPO was supposed to open up near, I think, like 40s. And then it went up to like 150. The 70s was the original price. The 70s was the original I, price. I, I, I want to say, I wanna say so, Zippy, it's going to be a $100 billion company when it IPOs. Um, that's what I think what, the, what, their, what their own valuation was. We'll see what happens tomorrow. But it, again, it's always changing with Bitcoin. Bitcoin itself is that... It, it, 
broke through 64,000 this morning. Well, what happens when they approve the ETF too? I mean, this is why I'm still long Bitcoin, two different funds now. I still want to be long Ethereum. I mean, I know it's nothingness and I get the whole argument about it, but you know, the story I've, I said, the reason I bought it back in November of 2020, I said, I think crypto is going to be one of the main stories in 2021. And that's absolutely turned out to be true. Um, I don't see the story cooling off. I don't see why it has to cool off. I mean, the Coinbase is, like you said yesterday, is going to be a big day for crypto. Yep. Um, you know, is this the, the peak of it all? I, I don't know that, but I just, there's so many now with NFTs and stuff. It's just not going away. Yeah. You know, crypto is just not going away. So you asked what happens when they when they approve an ETF. I mean, how is that anything but bullish for Bitcoin and crypto? Exactly. So, so I just got to think like there's, and once you have an ETF approved, which is going to happen and we haven't, it's going to happen eventually. Then you're like, okay, well, now you have a whole nother, you know, group of investors that are going to be coming in through ETFs. Institutional investors will be coming and buying it too. I don't see any reason why Bitcoin isn't eventually $100,000. So I'm still long. Um, I, I reallocated and I actually moved some of my, from, that was in the closed end fund into the ETF because the ETF will always track better. But for the most part, I still got all my Bitcoin. I wish I had more. I so, wish I had Ethereum too. So they're asking what the, the IPO price is. There is no IPO price of Coinbase. There's going to be a reference price. This is a direct listing. So they're not issuing new shares. They're not raising any money. They're not going to underwriters and, and, and pricing it out. That's not what a direct listing is just a little bit different. Uh, they're just uh, basically just allowing insiders to, to sell directly without raising any money or issuing new shares. So there's going to be a reference price that could that should act as like a guide. Do we know that reference price yet? No, no. Like I said, it's, I think it's somewhere around 400. But they're going to be that high with the reference price. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, we, I don't know exactly. Uh, I, I recommend uh, for anyone who missed it, watch our segment on yesterday's show at nine with Matt Hammond. He walked through how he's going to trade the Coinbase IPO tomorrow. Um, and yeah, it's going to be the biggest IPO of the year just in terms of. If, if not valuation, just interest, human interest this is going to be the most retail driven IPO that I can remember in quite some time. So very excited for that. Uh, we didn't even mention NVIDIA. I mean, Dennis just mentioned tech and NVIDIA is with tech, but um, they, they had their keynote presentation yesterday. They gave good guidance. They're getting into uh, uh, wow. ser- server uh, CPUs and uh, yeah, just blasted off it at the expense of every other semi at the expense yeah. of, of amd and, and qualcomm and texas instruments and, and intel and, and all of that uh and nvidia just just you know single-handedly knocked them all down a peg yesterday i mean this is just your classic you buy good companies on dips oh, and, you know valuation has always been high but this is still your chip play great look company that, look at that level look at where it's at look at that double top huh you're 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 hit hammering it though, like you're going into it hard. Yeah. So could it just oh, yeah. blow through with that kind of momentum? It could just blow through it. But yeah, you're right up at the all time highs. It's unbelievable that a month ago we were talking about Nvidia being down 25 percent from its all time high, and one month it gets it all back. So March, if you go back, obviously March eighth, four hundred sixty two dollars. It's a stock that I had in my long term portfolio for a long time. I got spooked out during the COVID crisis. Obviously, a major mistake. And I never got it back. Wish I had it. Video pullback still to be bought. Yeah, this is also a crypto play. So, geez, I mean, uh, how do we? How, how do we? How do we not buy these stocks when they're down? Like what about AMD? Silliness. 
What about AMD? Because it gets hit yesterday on the NVIDIA news. It's been in the doldrums here for a while, but it's still holding on. I'd say as long as it's above 73, you're still holding the major support level. It's an ugly head and shoulders when you back out the chart on AMD. But at the same time, you know, it was talked about as a major crypto player as well. So does AMD eventually start? Is this a dip you want to buy in AMD? I'm asking you. Uh, I kind of want to, but I'm... I just spent a minute looking at an NVIDIA chart saying, why didn't I buy that dip? So sure. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're almost 20% from the highs on AMD. I mean, we almost got to a hundred bucks. We didn't quite get there. And yeah. now, you know, $79. Is this Lisa Sue turnaround play, obviously, you know, or is, is Intel, is it all about value now? And Intel's still going to eat their lunch and Intel's coming back. Is NVIDIA eating their lunch or is AMD? Is there still room? Is enough pie? To, to for or enough cake here for AMD to eat as well. I, I kind of like AMD down here. Maybe and and I just catch up trade. I just saw someone in chat mention Nvidia plus ARM. I I did I did read uh, a there's a column that I read from in the Wall Street Journal. I heard on the street and the columnist speculated that yesterday's announcements could make it harder for the Nvidia ARM. Uh, merger to go through that hasn't actually been approved yet by regulators so we're still sort of waiting on that but assuming it does yeah nvidia is 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 in pole position they're in great shape uh but on the on the amd front every dip has been dipped to be bought to be bought right so i mean uh why not keep that trend going um dennis any final thoughts from you before we let you go today uh just watch at 9 30 that we don't get a reversal just you know because we know clearly can see what we're talking about is a 5% trade is actually growing here because you're not seeing a rally in the cruise lines. You're not seeing a rally in the airlines, but you are seeing a substantial rally into the tech trade, which is the classic 2020 trade happening here. Rally from, you know, Peloton has continued to rally here this morning. Zoom is up more as well. We're up, we're up another two bucks in Zoom. Amazon is getting a lift. You had a crazy price target from Piper. I believe come out over, which we didn't even get to. Um, obviously, that would have got some headlines, but J and J is getting them all. But I think Piper. I'm long Amazon. Full disclosure, I've been long it forever. I'm actually long in the trading account as well. Um, it's uh, Piper. I think came out with a fifty-seven hundred dollar bull case. If I read that right. Oh, so like next month. Sweet. I think it was Piper. Okay. Cool. Was it Piper? I I, I don't here. Let's check. I don't even know. <laughs> Let me go I'm to the going news. for my memory here. But this was last night. This was a big thing coming out after the bell. And now J&J's stolen all the headlines. So yeah. we're not you, seeing there. But. You might think I'm crazy, Dennis, but I think we're due for a melt up. We're going to rip. I have this feeling. On Amazon? Well, it's just tech is back. You're starting to see some of the tech come back, some of the bigger tech players. And I think that's what was the rotation that happened that most of us probably just didn't pay attention too much. There was like kind of a sell into the profits and then they rebought it back up. And to me, I'm still watching this trend channel. If we can break out, really get above to let's say 420s on the spy, we'll be out of this trend channel and into a new trend. And it I think Jeffries. that's going to happen. I was going to say it was Jeffries. It was Jeffries. Sorry, it was Jeffries. That's all right. Uh, uh, you know what, Mitch? I'm on board with you um obviously amazon's one of the biggest por- holdings in my long-term portfolio it's in all of my etfs I'm, i have so much exposure to amazon all over the place i just don't think we're you know amazon has been on a hell of a run here i would love a dip to you know if i was if i wasn't in it already i would probably want to dip to buy more but i mean i could this has been consolidation station here for amazon 
for about a year almost now. We had the initial pop-up to the summer, so July. So we're talking like nine, 10 months of consolidation between 3,000 and 3,500. Every time Amazon has done this in the past, it has been consolidation to go higher. So is the Amazon story over? I mean, we did the same thing in 2018, 2020. We meandered between 1,500 and 2,000. Everybody's like, okay, well, Amazon's pause, is it over? And then obviously COVID happened and the stock went up 70% in three months. So, I mean, this is digesting the big gain that we had from early in 2020. But I think it's a digestion period. And I think eventually, I don't know if 5,700 is coming, but I've said on this show, I've thought the stock's going to 5,000 for a long time. I still think it is. I'm not chasing it. Um, I'm obviously been long it, but you get pullbacks. I think pullbacks and Amazon are to be. I just want to know, we had the, it, we had a, we didn't go back for nothing. It was out at like four o'clock yesterday. So we had the rating. It was all the way down to like 4 p.m. There you go. Watch Amazon Jeffries. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't battle against Amazon. You know, one of the things is they also reinvested in their company, right? And so I think, you know, this is the company that always gets their earnings. I mean, look look at the earnings. Look how many times they beat. I mean, that, that, that tells you enough. Uh, I listened to what Joel has told me before. If you see a company continuously beat, on their earnings, that, that might be one they'll keep on your radar and keep in your portfolio. All right, Dennis, check out the dating apps, Match and Bumble. Facebook is apparently testing a new video speed dating app. According to The Verge, this is breaking MTCH. Getting hit on this. BMBL. Get in there, man. Hey, Spencer, um, before we get out of here today, definitely let's pull up the giveaway link and actually show them how they can enter it and clicks. And maybe let's do that right now with Neil. So, Dennis, go hit the bid on Bumble or whatever it is you do at at, at (laughs) 5. And uh, (laughs) swipe up. Dennis, just swipe up, all right? We'll talk to you later. <laughs> all right. Uh, here, you know what? Let, let, let's bring on Neil here. Neil, yeah. what's hey up, guys? How we doing? Uh, not too much. Not too much. Um, I am excited about this giveaway. Um, yeah. So we are doing a special giveaway for the pre-market prep viewers, um, and I'm I'm. It's just perfect that we're doing this when the guys are gone and it's just us three, yeah, uh, uh, buffoons here doing this. But hey, guys, here's how it works. Click the link that Spencer is graciously about to drop into chat and you can win up to 75 bucks in swag, whatever the heck you want from the Benzinga swag store. Um, Highly recommend if you're a PMP fan, we got plenty of PMP stuff in there. There There is a PMP section. Don't tell Joel. Yeah. Okay. Maybe a good thing (laughs) that the guys aren't here. Uh, If you want to be a winner. How do we have 287 entries or 687 entries already? Holy guacamole. All right. So, so guys, click that link. Go there. It's very self-explanatory. There are going to be four winners. First prize, 75 bucks. And then the three following prizes, uh, uh, second, third, fourth place, 25 bucks in swag. So if you need a new hat, we even got underwear. If you need a fresh pair, you can use this to get that from the Benzinga store. And I, what I will say about the underwear in the store um, is that it has a, a hidden message. The underwear does, in fact, I'm not kidding. I'm always honest. The underwear has a hidden message that you cannot see on the store. Wait. Um, so there's an element of mystery there and surprise. What's Wait, Neil, did you hear the drama about the, the briefs yesterday? About the, the boxer briefs? Yeah, we changed our briefs. No, we 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 so we're making we're making a new YouTube channel, right? Just for our short clips, not for the. <laughs> okay, and, yeah, yeah. And nice Luke, segue, Spencer. Luke Jacoby, 
decided we should call it Benzinga Briefs. <laughs> I mean, let the, let chat decide on that one. We already did. No, we already no. We, we're not going to do this again. It, it's Benzinga Clips. It's done. Okay. <laughs> the the only thing that we forgot to add here, Neil, that we got to add is where's the subscribe. Uh. So 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 here's here guys I put the the link to edit the contest. This oh, is this yeah. is late late uh-oh, night uh-oh. Neil. No, he late, did he, he did. He's right. Yeah yeah. So so this is late night Neil throwing this thing together. Um, but you've got the basics here. The number one thing here that's going to get you is look at the bottom where we've got the yellow smiley face. If you complete every action, if you do this now before Spencer and Mitch get hard on you and tell you, you got to subscribe to the YouTube channel, which they're going to add today, if you get in now. Um, you'll get 10 bonus points. So in each one of these are like an entry into the contest. They're going to increase your odds of basically getting free underwear. Uh, but the secret code. Oh, I already gave it away. Don't give it away. I already gave it away. Okay. okay. Did, you get, did you do it boom, in the boom, chat? Boom. No, I gave it away like, like 20 minutes ago. Yeah, we, we, oh, we you're talked on top a of little it? bit. Yeah. We talked yeah. a little bit already, about this. We already gave it away. Don't give it away. All they, right. They already got it. That's it. I'll give, okay. it, away. I'll give it away once per show. You, if, if you missed it, tough. Yeah. Uh, and, and yes, is this a way to get you guys to engage with our content? Yes. But is it going to get you free stuff? Come on. Yeah. Um, so definitely participate. I think we might keep doing this um, for each of our shows. So definitely tune in every day so you can get the secret code, um, complete everything, and get that sweet, sweet swag. Yeah. If yeah. you want to be a winner. <laughs> exactly. That's nice. I like that. Um, all right, all right. So, so I'll, I'll do this every day for the rest of the week. Uh, so if, if you miss it today, don't worry. It's a week long contest, week long contest. So ends Friday after the close is when yep. we pick our winners. Yep. Um, so I have a few other just housekeeping items, but I wanted I, I want to open the floor to Neil. Uh, tease your show if you want. What's up next on Gate Technical today? Up next on Get Technical, we are going to answer the burning question that I am gets shouted at me constantly is should i buy palantir every day with the stock i swear pltr we are going to answer that question today um of course i'm going to tell you what i would do uh the rest is up to you um and then uh after that we got we we have tickers from twitter um so i put a post up on twitter if you guys don't know at neil's tweets every morning from now on i'm going to start asking you what tickers you want to look at let me know what time frame you want to look at them on and then that's going to be the uh, beginning of the show. Maybe we create a watch list, one or two good ones. But Chad is smart, man. Like, I I, I don't need a screener anymore because of, of the tickers that these guys come up with, these guys and gals. Really? Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible. There are a couple in there that are just very, very solid. Um, so we're going to go through those. Um, I will say first up is going to be steel, hit some shipping, consumer staples, um, some microchips, um and then we're gonna and then it looks like we got some twitter stocks we got sos in there as well so um yeah that's the show it's gonna be fun silly goose times i'll try to get through as many of those stickers as possible um and we're going we're going to look at nvidia and i'll just tell you right now nvidia uh i think is within a buying range um you're obviously going to want to see a breakout above that all-time high Um, but but the move above the uh ascending triangle pattern um that we have here is not five percent yet and i 
typically say I use the William J. O'Neill kind of rule. Um, don't chase oh. something uh, uh, that has gone up, broken out already 500% or more. Um, it's like four and a half percent, something like that. So it's within range. And plus it's freaking NVIDIA. Um, and I agree with Mitch. Melt up is upon us. Um, it is it is time for tech once again. Um, so a William O'Neill reference on this show. He doesn't get named up very often. Wow. Neil, I mean, his middle initial, right? I'm going to feel every time I say the man's name, I add a J. Why? I don't know. Because <laughs> to me, like to me, he's on like the Mount Rushmore of of technical analysts, technicians, chartists, whatever. Yeah. Um, and they all have middle initials. All From, right. If you're in the 50s, you had a middle initial because yeah. everyone had the same name. It's true. It's true. Bob, William. It's true. Okay. If you're listening via podcast, please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. Everyone have a good rest of your day. Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about. In your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit score grows, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans, like for a car or home. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Bill Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA. Members of FDIC, out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.